Hello, everyone. This is Adam West. Uh, maybe you're thrilled to buy adventures, right, on Batman there? Hmm? My secret true identity, Bruce Wayne, millionaire philanthropist. Anyway, I'm glad to talk to you all and have the privilege of doing the following. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it, Chris. Let him have it. You're listening to Aerial View worldwide on the internet. No tricks like this. What kind of radio show is this? I heard his voice. Hey, he really put the hook in me. Auspicious beginning. Sure, it's a talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bug you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets them straight. Make sure the kids hear words. Play the radio. Make sure the television. Excuse me. Make sure you have a record player on at night. Make sure the kids hear words. Play the radio.
Oh, I kind of, I kind of like this one. Yeah, that's good. Ooh, yeah, I like that one. Oh yes, it's me, Chris T, here on the Hound NYC.com. Every Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. One hour. That's all. Just one hour. I don't want to take up too much of your time. See? But we all got an hour we can spare, don't we? Like to think so. And uh, the live line into the studio, as always, 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-422-5528. And uh, that number in Palm Springs. My phone number is there. I am not. Oh, well. Tonight on the program, by the way, this show, uh, the title of the show, I, I, I sometimes give the show, you know, usually I give the show a title. I was going to say sometimes, but most times. I think every time, really. The show has gotten a title. The title of this show is Drive Like Your Kids Live Here. And uh, so a little later on in the program, I will... Uh, share with you some notes on not having reproduced and um, a lot of ways I feel like uh, that's a blessing and a curse like most things right it's a blessing and a curse I'll, I'll tell you why a little later why I stopped listening to podcasts I don't mean I stopped listening to all podcasts. I still listen to some podcasts, but it's a very limited number. And there's a lot of podcasts out there. A lot. There's more every day. And um, for me, Aerial View, I, I, I hold myself apart not often. In most ways... No, I do not hold myself apart. Um, But I will hold myself apart in that this is a live program. And to me, it's live, phone-in, talk radio. And then it's a podcast. And that makes all the difference in the world. There's nothing like doing a live show. That everybody can call into if they want. It's 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-422-5528. Sometimes I really dread uh, this show coming up on Friday. Like all week long I'll be, Oh God, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I just run a replay. An old show. Oh my God, I got... Shows going back so long ago. Oh. But uh, but then I, I start to look forward to it. it. Things will flip at some point and I'll be like, oh man, I got so much to talk about. On Aerial View, I can't wait. Can't wait to do Aerial View. I don't care how many people are listening. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. Why, it could be a dozen, and that would be fine. Usually it is a dozen, but then, you know, the nice thing about having a second life as a podcast is that more people get to hear the program. I I hear from people who hear the program as a podcast. I don't think they've ever heard it live. I don't think they even know that it's on live, despite the fact that I say repeatedly every week that this is live, phone-in, talk radio and you can call the live line into the studio 760-I-CALL-AV 760-422-5528 I could say that again and again and again folks still don't know when the program's on it's on now that's when it's on it's on right now and um, there is there is an upside down update for you and uh, I'm always glad when there is an upside down update (laughs) 
Hang on a second. <laughs> That's what I mean. Let's get right into it, shall we? Here we go. Yeah. Um, so, the Upside Down update is really my name for all of the news items that I have uh, bookmarked throughout the week. So, ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Yeah. That's what the Upside Down update is. So, um, the latest stuff that I have uh, bookmarked, on day 1001, Trump made it clear being presidential is boring. By the way, this is all crap in the New York Times. The New York Times is the only uh, journalism I, I think that I pay for, actually. And uh, the New York Times is really the reason for the title of the show this week as well. I'll tell you more as the show progresses. But uh, first, uh, an opinion piece here. Um, a White House memo, if you will, as they call it, from Peter Baker, who uh, was reporting on uh, the president's most recent rally in Dallas, Texas. I've been to Dallas many, many times. My uh, my friend Josh Allen Friedman is down there in Dallas. Uh, miss hanging out with Josh every now and again. Well, every year we would get together, once a year. He would pick me up at the hotel. We'd go out. We'd get some food. We'd talk about the JFK assassination. We'd talk about music, talk about art, writing, all kinds of stuff. It was always a good time in Dallas. But I can imagine what this rally was like in Dallas. 20,000, quote, boisterous supporters, unquote. MAGA hats, the whole thing. And uh, our president saying he he knew how to be presidential. And and, and he uh, here we go. Read it. This is from Peter Baker reporting from Dallas. He buttoned his suit coat, pursed his lips, squared his shoulders, and dropped his arms rigidly at his sides. Ladies and gentlemen of Texas, he then droned in a sleep-inducing staccato monotone the way he imagined most of the other 44 presidents had done. It is a great honor to be with you this evening. I, oh, I so wish I did a Trump impression at this point. Wouldn't that be so much better? The crowd loved it, roaring with laughter. Transforming back into the unpresidential president America has come to know, Mr. Trump added. And everybody would be out of here so fast. You wouldn't come in the first place. Yeah, so he's what he's trying to tell us is that he's at least entertaining. That, uh, that, 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 what do you want? You want boring? Yes! That's what I want. I want to go back to boring. I want to go back to, uh, having some room in my brain for other things. Now, last week when I, I spoke about this a little bit, uh, there was a phone call that came in. And essentially, uh, I think the gist of the phone call, if you will, was something along the lines of, well, you're the one that's giving it the brain space. So uh, don't don't give it any brain space. That's all you got to do. You're the one. You, you're the puppet. Aerial View live on the houndnyc.com until 7 p.m. this evening. At 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-422-5528. Sunday's Hound Howl. This Sunday is Special Hound Howl, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Crossover episode. I always love the old crossover episode, you know, where Mr. Jefferson would show up on uh, All in the Family. and You know, after they had spun him off, I'm saying. But in this case, it's Mark and Miriam from Crashing the Party. They're going to be crashing the Hound Howl on Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and then 5 p.m. Crashing the Party. The do-up chop shop of the air with Mark and Miriam. And then uh, Aerial View replays on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, somewhere in between Friday and Tuesday, depending on how quickly I get to it. 
It becomes a podcast. Available wherever you get podcasts. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. I was trying to get it on my new Sonos the other day, but... Uh, huh. Wasn't able to make that work. I'll figure it out. Now that I'm in that ecosystem. Don't you love when people say that? I'm in the I'm in the Sonos ecosystem. What? Yeah, now I'm in the Sonos ecosystem. Don't don't use ecosystem that way, please. So um I would settle for boring because in the last 48 hours so much has happened that ordinarily under normal circumstances uh, you would be outraged by people would be outraged by there would be talks talk of uh, you know we can't allow this to happen and how dare he uh, but but never mind the rally in Dallas for 20,000 people where he mimed being a stiff oh he also by the way according to Peter Baker he mispronounced Louis Vuitton. Um, he brought up, once again, Hillary Clinton's emails. He brought up his uh, the, the night of the election. He Basically, he, he played the hits. At this point, it's like, you know, going to see the Eagles uh, 20 years after their prime, you know? I hate to beat on the Eagles as I just did, but what are you going to do? First thing that came to mind. Aerial view on the houndnyc.com. So yeah, you know he's he's on this thing right now because because the walls are closing in. How ironic, right? Build the wall. The walls are closing in on this guy, and he knows it. So now it's going to be nonstop rallies. Just keep going out in front of the base and uh, keep getting that shot. That shot that you need. That uh, that approval from. 20,000 screaming people in Dallas. And, you know, if you look at the pictures, you look at the video from the rallies, too, I I think one of the things that uh, makes it difficult for me, especially, is I I just, I look at all these people and I say to myself, who, who are these people? Or if it's like Seinfeld, who are these people? I, I, I just don't. I think I know because, you know, I, I, I did trucking radio for 12 years and a month. And I talked to a lot of truck drivers. And uh, I, I don't, I don't want to generalize. I, I, there's probably, there was probably a lot of truck drivers in that crowd in Dallas. Now, this is not to uh, get down on truck drivers. I met a lot of truck drivers that I, I, I'm still friends with that I really liked. And uh, even though we may not have the same politics uh, right down the line uh, we respect each other so uh, and then I met a lot of the other kind the other kind who if you didn't agree with them uh, and if they perceived you as a liberal or libtard uh, then God help you then uh, you were basically the the enemy and uh, ironic because uh, there was somebody today who actually referred to Liberals as the enemy, uh, not the president himself. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, oh yeah, the Texas lieutenant governor declared that liberals quote are not our opponents; they are our enemy unquote. <laughs> I mean, really, your enemy? I'm your enemy, liberal. You libtard. Liberals. I hate them so much. Uh, uh, I don't know what makes me a liberal. I'm not really sure how I got this way. Maybe I was born this way. Is that possible? I... It doesn't matter. Really? Liberals. I hate them so much. 42% of all liberals are queer. That's a fact. The Wallace people took a poll. 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. But yeah, I don't know. Liberal? Progressive? Now? 
We're trying to swap it out for progressive, I guess, right? Liberal, because liberals become so completely devalued. That word, it's become so complete. It's become a pejorative. You can't use that word anymore. Um, but yeah, okay, so what? So what if I am? Then what? Now what? That makes me the enemy? Really? Oh, how dare you? How dare you? And, you know, our president has said similar things, essentially. And um, the reason Peter Baker wrote this article, by the way, and this is the Upside Down Update here on Aerial View with me, Chris T, live phone and radio uh, for another 37 minutes and change. And then uh, at 7 p.m., Vintage Hound Shows resume here on the houndnyc.com. Number here, 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. So uh, today apparently was day 1001 of the Trump presidency, and I've had it. I really... I'm in that position of like, please let this be over. Please let this be over. Hello, welcome to the air. Hey, Matt, Jersey. Hey, hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. How are you? <laughs> welcome Good, to the program. Man. How are you doing? Thanks. You know, I was just saying how I was doing that on day 1001 of the Trump presidency, I've had enough, and I can't wait for it to be over. That's what I. That's Me how I'm too. doing. Yeah. So you feeling you know, the same? I'm feeling the same, man. I wake yeah. up every morning with like a slight ping of anxiety. Yeah, and I'm like afraid to check my phone. <laughs> afraid to check my phone. Like, what did he do now? Yeah, I think you it's know? it's it's actually physically manifesting for me now. It's like I I get chest pain, and I'm like, oh, I know what that. That's anxiety. That's yeah, anxiety. That's all that is. Um, yeah, and today yeah, uh, I was gonna say in the in the last 48 hours alone, so the lieutenant governor said liberals were the enemy. Mick Mulvaney walked back his comments where he essentially admitted that there was a quid pro quo um, mm-hmm. in Ukraine and that Rudy Giuliani was running a shadow State Department. It's hilarious because these are the people that talk about the deep state all the time and they're all conspiracy minded. Meanwhile, they are the conspiracy. They are running the yeah. conspiracy and the ironies start to pile and you just don't know where to shovel them anymore. You're like, oh, my God, I yeah. can't shovel through this anymore. Is that how you're feeling? And you know what? It gives, that's how, it is how I'm feeling. And it, and it gives, you know, average uh, Joe conspiracy theorists like myself, who like, you know, the occasional alien, Area 51, you know, right. Stonehenge. Like, conspiracy theories used to be fun. They used to be like a fun thing to think about. But now it's just like they they took it and they, they sort of mutated it into this weird right-wing like justification for, you know, all this like conspiracies that they're just doing blatantly. Well, but, yeah, you know, they they um they, they're really good at. I was saying last week the, the projection. So you know, projection is yeah. the psychological thing where you can admit that you are this thing. So you say that the other person is this thing, right? And it makes it easier yeah. to deal with it. You take it off for yourself. So. I'm no puppet, you're the puppet, you know, is the perfect right. example. But that's just an obvious one. But they've been gaslighting us for a thousand and one days. We, that's the other part yeah. of this is that, no, you're not paranoid. That the, They really have been fucking with everybody. This is like, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, when you see these people standing up at these rallies, you're like, why? We're all Americans. I don't feel anything in common with them whatsoever. How could that be? We don't have anything in common. If they yeah, if no. they're willing to go and stand in line for hours to see this guy and climb up in the stands and you know wait for an hour or two while he comes out and does his greatest hits and I don't know I I, I don't know how we ever it's, mend you know what I'm saying Yeah it's so weird I feel like I feel, I feel like the world might have ended in 2012 and, <laughs> and we that just, we're just all stuck in this weird, darker timeline, like, purgatory. Oh, yeah. The I dark timeline. I like that. 
the dark timeline. Yeah. yeah. I was talking about that a few weeks ago. We we're, we're on a dark timeline. We are. And you know mm-hmm. what el- you know what else he did in the last 48 hours? He took credit other, for, other than expediting the end of the world. Well, yeah, he's been doing that uh, in bits and pieces, but uh in the last 40, 48 hours the president took credit for saving millions of lives because of the ceasefire as Turkey marches into Syria. And then it had to be pointed out to him, well, you kind of you, you kind of allowed this to happen. You're the you're the reason it's happening in the first place. Yeah. You can't take credit for you know uh, helping with situations that you yourself have created. That that's that's yeah. not how it works. So, and this is uh, that's a pattern. And, and equating it to like a, a, a two kids fighting in a schoolyard, right? When they're, yeah. when, they're when they're dropping napalm on on poor folks, uh, trying yeah. to live their life. They have to uh, work it out, right? It's like military school. Like when he was suffering from bone spurs, you know, and he was off at military school and he was the big dick on campus because his daddy had the most money. Oh, my God. This is really who we elected. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's just amazing. Well, it's kind of, it's it's crazy to think that, you know, these these generals now are coming out and talking, talking shit about Trump, you know? It's, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. stuff that I've never thought would ever happen in in my lifetime. And and for me, I hate to admit that, like when I was in my twenties, you know, I had I had a little bit more like libertarian views. It's like, yeah, I kind of want like an outsider politician. And this yeah. is like, I feel like I've just been living in some sort of like cruel joke where it was just like, not him. No, that's not who I was talking about. No, you were not, thinking not of the, like Oprah the, or something, probably. I, who Oprah the hell knows? Like, yeah. I don't know, like Bloomberg or somebody. <laughs> Bloomberg. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no one was thinking of him. He wasn't even thinking of him. He didn't even think he could win. I mean, he was running as a, you know, like a lark. They had no, they they had no um, committee to to take over. That you know, you know what the when you when you're running for president, and if there's a possibility, even an outside chance, you 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 come mm-hmm. up with a transition. The you know, team, team, right? Yeah. And and so he he didn't even have one of those because he wasn't expecting he was going to win. This was like a marketing ploy it, that that ran amok, and now we're all suffering I, and people are yeah. dying because of yeah. it, right? And no, I feel like he just wanted to have like a like a talk show, like uh, like Murray or something, and right. that was just going to be a segue to like to that, like what he did to the poor British couple that flew out here to try to get that woman, well, the, the diplomat's wife. Right, because he was driving on the pull, wrong he side to pull of the road. Jerry Springer. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. He tried to bring. Well, at this point, I would take Jerry Springer as a president over Trump. Well, let me point. explain what Matt is referring to because there was a, a diplomat's wife, I think, who was driving on the wrong mm-hmm. side of the road. I don't remember. Was it Ireland or was it Britain? Uh, it was the UK. I think it was Britain, yeah. It was Britain. And he, she killed somebody. And they, uh, you know, declared diplomatic immunity and they kind of got her out of there and back to the United States. And then this couple essentially sued and said, no, you, you killed our husband, my son, whatever. And so what did he do? He invited them to the White House and he didn't tell them that. You didn't tell them yeah, that, that, that the woman the, the who, right, that, that ran head on into your son and killed him is going to be in the other room. And then he tried to get him to meet in front of the cameras. And they, and this couple from Britain was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. No. You know? Yeah. No, we, no, we're not. And no, of course not. <laughs> of course we're not doing that. And didn't he, didn't he make a joke the other day that he's, that he's done that? He's driven on the wrong side of the road? Oh, no, everybody's done yeah. that. Oh, everybody's everybody. That. I've never done it. I've never oh. done it. You know who did it and killed oh. somebody, by the way? A little bit of trivia. Who? Uh, uh, there's a couple. There's a lot of people. Well, like, I'm thinking of Matthew Broderick. Yes, Matthew Broderick. That's correct. Oh, think. What yes. do I win? Uh, well, you... <laughs> I don't know what the hell. <laughs> I, what the hell? Um, I, I have a number of things. Next time I see you... They're all yours. How's that? You could choose That's from any right. any one of them. Uh, before um, we run out of time, Matt, because I don't know how much time you have, uh, yeah. I was going to do a quick review of the of the debate, the Democrat debate, Democratic debate. Oh, did okay. you did you have any strong feelings about it? About anybody who uh, stood out, didn't stand out? I hate to admit it, you know, I I didn't even watch it. Okay, you know, at this point, whoever's on the on the on the opposite end of the of the uh, voting ticket. Is who I'm punching for. Okay, so, I hear you. I mean, they all they all look good to me. Yes, you know, um, and I like I like Elizabeth Warren. 
And I like uh, I like Bernie, obviously. I mm. like you know I'm not I'm not a big fan of Joe Biden. You know, okay. I feel yeah. like that's like one of those sort of uh, how uh, they kind of the, the DNC tries to push candidates on people and go like, no, this is who you want. This is who you want to uh, vote for. And it's like, is it? Do I really want to vote for him? I don't I don't know. But um, no, I don't. Now I want so, some young blood. Some some yeah. somebody under the age of seventy. It would be would be ideal. Um, well, yeah, I'm so. with you there. I mean, I but I also uh, like uh, everything Elizabeth Warren is saying, and, and it was really pissing me mm-hmm. off because if you didn't watch three hours of the goddamn debate, then uh, you know you you were doing better than me because I watched all three hours of it. But what kept mm-hmm. really pissing me off is they kept getting her to try to say that middle class taxes were going to go up because of yeah. Medicare for all. And she refused to say that. And she just kept saying overall costs will go down. And at a certain point, she had said it like three or four times. And, you know, I I was getting pissed off because I was like, this is all because Grover Norquist. You know, Grover Norquist, who uh, makes politicians sign this no new taxes pledge, uh, he, he said that he wanted to get the size of the federal government so small that you could drown it in a bathtub. That's what Grover Norquist said. So he doesn't believe in the federal government. He doesn't believe in government being a positive thing in anybody's life. So so whenever you hear these moderators and these other candidates, and they're all saying shit about taxes, middle class, especially middle class taxes, it's such a Grover Norquist uh, Republican GOP talking point that it was really it starting is. to it's, make... And it sounds like a talking point. It, it, it's really, it doesn't really stick to, like, our generation anymore, right. you know? Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, that's what taxes are for. Well, you know, like, let's let's just tax, like, the, like, that top zero 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 one percent I think it's, like, if you tax, like, the top 10,000 people in the country, there's how many people in our country? Uh, millions, right? So right. So get, get the top 10,000 to do, you know, to chip in their fair share, right. and um, and it's like they made all these millions, these billions of dollars using, you know, our roads, using, you know, our education system, using the the workers of America. So right, you know, it's our not like they just made. That's another thing that the Republicans say, like, oh, they made it all on their own. It's like no, they didn't. No, they used, <laughs> they, you, used you, every, they used the government roads. They used all, you know. Yeah, right. You benefited from all of that. So now it's your time yeah. to pony up. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, that's the other irony, too, is, of course, we have a president who's famous for not ponying up. He's famous, famous for not paying his fair share of taxes. He's famous for stiffing contractors, lots of small business people who, oh, yeah. who literally went out of business because he shafted them. That, you know, when yeah. he was doing those casinos in Atlantic City and hiring guys to put in tile and... God knows what else, and then he would he would fight mm-hmm. the bill. He would basically say, "Yeah, that's not the right amount. We're not paying it." And he would force them to reno- renegotiate and lower it until he would pay it. Otherwise, be mm-hmm. dragged into court for years, and you know, try to win their money back and spend a lot of money in court trying to get their money. He's he's just a total grifter and a con man. He's the, he's the, he's the world's greatest grifter. He's yeah. the world's greatest con man. I can't, yeah. like if if he gets any title, it's that. He should. Know? That's what he should have. Yeah. So you yeah. know, um, uh, let me let me let you go, man. Do, do you need to go? You should sure. probably go. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I got, yeah. Yeah. I got my daughter running around somewhere. I lost track. Uh, all right. Do you need to go find her? <laughs> probably, probably. But like I said, like I get like anxiety over like like I treat the president the same way I treat my three year old. It's right. like that same sort of level of anxiety. Like, oh God, where is she? What did right. she do? Right. Now what? <laughs> now what? Yeah, I wake up in the morning and that's the first thing I say is, now what? Now what happened? Now what? Yeah. Yeah. Now did what you are we have to do? With... CNN for for some reason. He's for not. Yeah. He's he, suing he's CNN. Sue CNN. How do yeah. you do that? How do you how do you I don't know. do that? They have wow, wow. Well, that'll be a great. I think he's just trying to like you know that that's one of the things that they do is they just you know bury you in right. in crazy shit and yeah. then you lose track. You know, yeah. Like one of my favorite subreddits online is is keep track. You know, so you can keep track of all the all the crazy shit that's happening. Oh really? But I hey, have to dude, I have to take a look at that. Yeah, I I want to yeah, keep there's track. That, and then there's like Trump idiocy is a good one too. Um, 
Trump Gret is another one too. It's like people who voted for Trump that regret it and they post their confessions. You're kidding. All right. Like, that I guess. Yeah, like the poor soy farmers in Iowa and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of regret and I I'm going to go out on a limb here because I think that especially with this misadventure with Syria where he essentially mm-hmm. abandoned the Kurds and allowed yeah. Turkey and Vladimir Putin to uh to to march into Syria. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of Republicans who are not happy about that who may yeah. end up turning against him and you know it it would take 20 out of, I believe, 53. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's not uh, it's not a very good shot on the boards. Like everybody says, it's never going to happen. I don't know about never at this point. Maybe they're exhausted, too. Maybe those people yeah. are like, this motherfucker is exhausting. You know, I can't yeah. take it anymore. I mean, he's going to bring down the whole Republican Party. I grew up with the Republican Party being like, oh, they're like the family values, like constitutionalists. Like, you got like the letter of the law kind of... Uh, uh, you yeah. know, party, and now it's just now it's like as far from that as possible. I don't even know what they stand for anymore. Uh, the grift. I mean, what what else could the it grift. possibly be? Because yeah. in the grift, in this uh, iteration, is really um, lowering taxes on the uber wealthy, so they pay even less mm-hmm. than their fair share. Yeah, um, eliminating regulations, so corporations can do essentially whatever they like. And uh, mm-hmm. packing the federal courts. I mean, those are, that's the grift. That's what yeah. Donald Trump is doing for the GOP and the reason why they continue to support him. I mean, politicians continue to support him. His base is another story entirely. They continue to support yeah. him for a whole lot of reasons, and none of them are really good. None of, all of them are bad. Yeah reasons and bad reasoning so mm-hmm. uh and these are people with a lot of serious grudges they 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 have a lot of serious resentment um perfectly illustrated by the time i was uh at a truck stop and i asked the waitress if she had any cutlery and a mm-hmm. bunch of people in the truck stop said cutlery cutlery and i didn't know cutlery. i was using uh, like an elite word uh, and then I said, oh, yeah. I said, flatware. Hard. Right. And they said, flatware. flatware. You lost him. I bet you lost him. And uh, you mean a fork? Like a spork? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Give me one of those. Give me a spork. That's what yeah. I need. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I, uh, I got into an argument one time, too, on the air when I was doing trucking radio with a person who uh, took issue with uh, a word that I used. Um, where I, I talked about experts. And I didn't even mm-hmm. use the word elite. I used the word expert. And, and she started really expert. What makes that person an expert? And I'm thinking like mm. probably 12 years of school. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe they've devoted their life to studying this topic. Yeah. I may be expert. And um, so, you know, there's just, we're just, we're in such a state right now. There are two Americas. I can't understand the other one. They probably can't yeah. understand me, I, I'm I'm sure. Uh, and so what no, do we... I still, I still think it's just one America. Still, okay. I still, still think everyone's got their own opinions. It's just we got this, we got this one guy that's just trying to, you know, and his, and his party behind him just trying to draw that line. Yeah, and, and well, it's, a, divided, it's not going to end well, is my prediction. So uh, let's see. Let's just see if I'm right. Thanks that's again. I'm, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, Matt, mm-hmm. appreciate the call. Thank sure, you. Thanks. Hey, can I get a quick plug-in real quick? Yeah, sure. Go right ahead. Awesome. Uh, November 2nd, we're doing a casino night fundraiser in New Jersey. Not Atlantic City. It's not a Trump, any Trump casinos or anything. It's in the little town of Gettenberg, which is just north of where you live. You know very well. Art makes you smart. Yes. But uh, you guys can check it out. Uh, GuttenbergArts.org slash Casino Night. It's a $50 ticket. You can play blackjack. You can play three-card poker. And you can win really great prizes like uh, limited edition prints, fine art, uh, one-of-a-kind fine art, great bottles of whiskey to to drink every night. Um, So this whole thing blows over. You know, in my office, I got my, my advent calendar of Trump faces where I uh, X off a face every day until I get to we get to 2022 20, or whatever. Oh, my but, gosh. Um, 
Wow. Well, you've seen that. I, if not, I got to show it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to take it's, a look uh, at that. Uh, Guttenberg Arts, a nonprofit arts organization, uh, by the way. Yeah. And um, really a great night for the arts, the third annual mm-hmm. Casino Night, which is Saturday, uh, November 2nd. And, yeah, uh, you'll be there, too. I, I will be there. Sure. Yeah, I will be uh, doing a little bit and of Sweet DJing. Tea too. Yeah. Sweet, tea's going to, Sweet Tea's doing a plate, too, at one of our, one of our uh, raffle prizes. Oh, wait till you uh, see this plate. Very, it's fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Can't yeah. Very cool. Uh, thank and you, hey, Matt. real quick, too, one yeah. other thing. Um, you mentioned in your last uh, show about how you buy a drink and tell that story about how you uh, left XM and the trucking radio. So I think you should just dedicate a, <laughs> uh, a show to that, man. It's a really... I mean, I was blown away when you told me about it, and I think, you know, your listeners would really like to hear it too and uh well and, you, you know, know that's how you, a, how you took a stand for all of us you know that's like you know yeah there's a lot about your integrity and everything I really thank you appreciate that you know appreciate and, it you know that's not you know, that's not a bad idea man i appreciate it and thank yeah. you and cool. uh i'll see you on uh, november 2nd if not before cool yeah yeah, in, yeah you know, i should say in full disclosure mode that uh matt i've known matt for a while now but he uh texted me before the show was having some dinner with Sweet Tea, and he said, I just listened to your last pod- podcast. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was really good. And um, I said, hey, great. Well, you know, my uh, guest for this evening uh, had to cancel at the last minute, so feel free to call in tonight when the show is on live. And, and, he's, and he, uh, <laughs> he said, when is it on? I said, it's on now. Matter of fact, um, yeah, so that's how that happened. It wasn't exactly a put-up job, but I'm glad he called in. That was Matt from uh, Guttenberg Arts. And Casino Night is November 2nd. They're in Guttenberg, New Jersey. And the details are at GuttenbergArts.com. Well, that was quite the upside-down update, huh? had everything. A little bit of everything in it. Uh, But I mentioned earlier the uh, title of the show, Drive Like Your Kids Live Here. I uh, was inspired by, (laughs) also by the New York Times, and uh, in this case, a podcast called The Argument. And The Argument is hosted by three New York Times op-ed people. And uh, David Leonhart, Ross Duthay, I, I don't know how you say his name. Duthay, I probably should have uh, looked it up before doing this program, huh? And Michelle Goldberg. And uh, in the latest edition of The Argument, the main story, because there's usually a main story and then a minor story. And the main story was all about uh, whether or not the GOP will turn against Trump. And it's a three-way conversation of these three people, and you're listening in, and it's usually pretty good. And then the minor conversation, topic, argument was about uh, airline etiquette, airplane etiquette, not even airlines, airplanes. And uh, it starts off with Michelle Goldberg talking about um, men and you know how much room they take up and they're horrible to sit next to but then there's this thing about a Japanese uh, airline that publishes a baby map so that you can avoid sitting next to a baby and uh, she says you know I find it horrible but on the other hand I'm for it because the, the, the and I'll quote here quote I'm for it because there's nothing worse when you're traveling with a baby than people who keep glaring at you and loudly sighing, unquote. So there's that, right? Uh, and then Ross Duthat, Duthat, D-O-U-T-H-A-T. Again, I'm sorry I didn't uh, get a pronouncer on your name there, Ross, before the program. Sorry. Um, so he sort of agrees with her. And he talks about his experiences as the father of children, three small children who aren't fun to fly with, and 
how strangers can be total dicks under uh, circumstances like that uh, to accommodate you. Of course, they're supposed to be accommodated because they have children. See? See how that works? And, um, you know, uh, David weighs in and he basically says the same thing. It's not pleasant to listen to a crying baby, but it's much, much, much more unpleasant to be that crying baby stuck inside an airplane. Uh, So, you know, people complaining about tiny human beings is mentioned, blah, blah, blah. So I'm just going to read what I wrote in response to this. After I uh, quote these three, um, and uh, I quote them all talking about uh, how horrible it is, how horribly they're treated because they have children. And uh, let me pick up here. I'm back. Oh, Lord. Where do I begin with this? I don't care about the men or by their nature awful people stuff. It's par for the current course. But what the hell is an antinatalist? Yes, uh, I believe it was Michelle Goldberg who dropped that term on me. Antinatalist. Is that really a thing? Am I one because I probably glared at someone with a screaming baby? I know I've sighed. Does that make me antinatalist? This kind of crap drives me mad. The presumption of these three that somehow it's up to the rest of us to put up with their kids or risk acquiring some ridiculous made-up label. I wanted to scream at my dashboard, I'm not anti-natalist. I'm anti-parent who thinks their kids should be as important to me as they are to them. Listen, I'm happy for you. You have kids. Congratulations on reproducing. I will never know the joy or pain of having done so. I miss that boat. And it still provides pangs of regret. But to feel put upon somehow because some rando on a plane gave you the stink eye? Huh? I'm sorry. We're not all in this together. Your kids are your expression of love. They're your comfort in your old age. Stop positing becoming a parent as some noble, selfless gesture you undertook for all humanity. Stop telling me I should tolerate your kids when they're annoying because your baby is the one who will grow up to cure cancer and solve the climate crisis. Right now, I'm trapped on a plane and your baby won't stop crying. I've tried shutting it out with some loud music, but now I'm deafening myself and I can still hear it. So pardon me for the stink eye. But can't you shut your kid up? Change that diaper. Find that pacifier. Feed that kid. Do something. I'm still boiling about this, and I listened to that show three days ago. Why? Because I encounter this anti-non-natalist nonsense all the time. Hey, Michelle, Ross, and David, do you want to know against whom society is actually arrayed? The childless. Yes, that's right. People without kids. From the tax code, to housing policy, to generational wealth, to airline travel, to you name it, being a parent means you're more important than those of us who aren't. Our world tilts towards those with children, not those without. I could make the argument that population growth coupled with the climate crisis will mean our sooner-than-later collective demise, and it might be best if people had less kids. But I suppose I'm then back to being anti-natalist. Right. I'll freely admit my experiences as child to two unqualified parents affixed many of my thoughts on this, but my childhood didn't turn me against babies or toddlers or kids of any age, even sullen teenagers. I was all those. It's parents I find insufferable, specifically the ones who want to be angry at me for some perceived disapproval. It might take a village to raise children, but I don't live in that village. My genes will not span time. I'm the end of my line. My next stop is oblivion. Take solace in your continuance and stop being 
so whiny about those of us who want to enjoy the time we have left without having to constantly accommodate your bid for immortality. Like those drive like your kids live here signs. What if I don't have kids? Can I drive like a maniac? Stop being anti-non-natalist and enjoy your kids. I have a feeling that will be really misunderstood, what I just said. I hope not. It's always been a thing with me to try to be understood, to try to explain myself. Even though years ago, someone much smarter than me said, there are no explanations. You can never explain yourself. It's not possible. Stop trying. So maybe that's true. But, but... That doesn't keep me from trying. I still try to be understood. <sighs> the number here, the live line of the studio, 760-I-CALL-AV, 760-422-5528. Um, I like kids. Kids generally like me. Um, I know lots and lots of great parents. Uh, this isn't backpedaling. No. Uh. <laughs> but then there, I mean, this thing, this thing pissed me off so much. So, so much. And maybe it shouldn't have. Maybe I overreacted. I'll freely admit it. If that's the case. But maybe just maybe uh, it, 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 struck me for a very good reason because you know when, when you're childless you you have to face the, the very real end of the line and I wonder if uh, one of the things that makes kids such a comfort and such a joy despite all the heartache and the pain is that you know that somehow your genes will go spanning time that you won't ever really die as long as they're around and as long as they keep reproducing you'll be you'll be in this thing somehow and then the rest of us are just like not not so much nope my work that's what I'll leave behind. My work. We got six minutes left in the program here. And uh, don't forget on Sunday, a very special Hound Howl crossover episode with Mark and Miriam from Crash in the Party. And that is at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Time here on Sunday. And then 5 p.m. Crash in the Party itself with Mark and Miriam. The doo-wop chop shop of the air. Crashing the party. Uh, 760-I-CALL-AV. 760-422-5528. Oh, that was a lovely little interview interlude there. See? 
Sometimes you need, everybody needs an interlude. I say. Aerial view here on the Hound NYC. Dot com. Every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, a new aerial view. Replays Tuesdays, 6 p.m. And uh, on Sunday, New Hound Howl, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by Crash in the Party with Mark and Miriam. If you would like to find me online, facebook.com slash callaerialview. And if you go there on the left side of the page, down towards the bottom, you'll see an email sign-up for my email newsletter. See you next Tuesday, because it comes out every Tuesday. So go there, take a look, sign up for the newsletter, and uh, I will see you again real soon here on thehoundnyc.com on Aero Review. simple thing that I have done But I'm just a soul whose intentions are good Oh, oh Lord Please don't let me be misunderstood
This is Jackie Mason reminding you to take your belongings. You don't have to take them, but if you want to, it's up to you. By the way, ask for a receipt. Take it, ask them. Don't be ashamed.